0: White Sox fans and welcome into a Sunday fun day edition of Sox on tap. It's Tony on tap alongside MWI Steve. We're talking about the first White Sox sweep of the season. Yeah, it's late May. We're finally here. It's, uh, it's good to be here, Steve. Voodoo's in the house already. Thanks for coming along for the ride. Steve, how does it feel to finally win the third in a row here and get the sweep over the Kansas city Royals.
1: Hey, yo, Anthony, is this legal in the year of our Lord, 2023 for a baseball team to sweep a series? Is that allowed? I
0: don't know. I, this show feels against the rules to me, just as much as it does to you. And probably some of the listeners here, but uh, nonetheless, five to two victory over Kansas city for the third in the row. And uh, the Sox are hot. The Sox are hot right now.
1: I'm not going to go as far as to say they're hot. They did just beat the second worst team in all of baseball. So um, they did what they had to do. It wasn't, um, you know, there were there were points, you know, this weekend where it wasn't the prettiest per se. Um, you know, still some things that uh, you definitely want to see cleaned up, but obviously it's better to get three wins and put three in the left-hand column than not. So we'll take that.
0: We absolutely will. I love victory beers. I think everybody knows that by now Uh, getting to have them through the entire weekend is a, is a new thing for the uh, 2023 season. So I'm enjoying that. Uh, We'll get into the, the quick promotional reads. Be sure you're following the show at socks On Tap on Twitter, Steve, at NWI Steve, myself, at Tony On Tap. Subscribe to the YouTube, get in here, hop in the comments like our guy Voodoo. Socks Insane is here as well. Don't stop now, boys. I uh, hope they don't stop now. Uh, it's, it was a take care of business weekend, Steve. I think that's what's the most important thing here. Like you said, three in the left-hand column. Uh, you're going to have to make up ground, as we've said many times, uh, and they did that this weekend um, there's a couple of things that we have to get to in some prior ball games before we get to the five to two victory today, uh, starting out uh, the first thing, just initial thoughts. Michael Kopek was absolutely dominant the other night, Steve, and that was just a sight to behold. I know we haven't had a chance to discuss it on these airwaves yet. That's where I wanted to start. The topic of discussion was just how special was Michael Kopek uh, the other night in, in his two nothing victory.
1: Well, it's fascinating. You and I were talking about this um, Friday night after the conclusion of that ball game. Tomorrow will be the one-year anniversary of his performance that he had in Yankee Stadium against the New York Yankees on ESPN Sunday Night Baseball in front of the whole country. Uh, That was, to that point, the best starting performance of Michael Kopech's career. And what he went out there and did Friday night was very akin to that. But he was actually able to carry that even deeper into the eighth inning of the ball game. when out there, only gave up the one hit to hashtag local product, Um, Michael Massey. um, You know, I think if we would have had an average-sized first baseman, it's probably an out. But, you know, we'll save that topic for another day. Um, But you you liked seeing that. He was going out there. He had a very good life on the fastball, was elevating it at the top of the strike zone to put guys away consistently. Uh, Wasn't running particularly deep counts for the majority of the performance. So that's the type of building block and the type of start that you want to see from Michael Kopech. And that just shows what is there in that right arm of his. Um, Granted, again, it was against a, a slap dick hitting team. So you want to see him take that. And carry that into his next outing here um, against Cleveland this coming Wednesday. That's going to be another big start for him. But keep building off of this performance.
0: Absolutely. And I, what I liked, Steve, and this is something that you know we talked about. And I think there was a, a stat that came out via Codify uh, on waste pitches. Um, and we talked about this in particular, the Dylan Cease, and just the starting rotation in general. I think the Sox were about third in waste pitches amongst MLB teams entering play Friday. Uh, He gets through eight innings on 98 pitches. That's efficiency. That's what we want to see him do. I know that there's a qualifier here that it's the Kansas City Royals, but that was a team that just whipped your ass, you know, down in KC a a week prior. And, you know, I think the extra day of rest here benefited Kopech a lot. Uh, On top of that, that stuff has been there the entire time. I still think he's got the nastiest stuff. On this White Sox pitching staff, uh, when he unleashes it, we saw three pitches working for him early in that game. Um, he was able to put hitters away, didn't need to use waste pitches. Um, and that's how you get through eight innings facing the minimum on 98. Um, and, and that does wonders for your, for your bullpen as well, there, Steve. I, I was just enchanted watching him throw the ball on Friday night.
1: It was like I said, just a very sound performance from him going out there. Like you talked about with the efficiency, being able to provide length and only leaving the bullpen to have to cover three outs. Uh, The starting pitching has actually been doing a much better job of that here during the month of May. So that's one of the reasons why they are playing above 500 here this month is they are getting more quality, consistent performances from the starters, working deeper into games, covering more outs. And in turn, the bullpen has been more effective as a result of that. Um, I feel like that's something that, you know, we talk about all the time on this show here that, and the great Hawk Harrelson used to say all the time, one of the best ways to protect your bullpen is by your starters going deeper into games. We're seeing that happen right now. And the pitching overall has really started to rebound after a, a very sluggish month of April here. So um, Kopech really, hashtag set the tone for the weekend series here. And uh, the boys carried it through here these last two days as well.
0: Absolutely, Steve. I, I, I The set the tone was back. Thanks to Michael Kopeck there. I think that's the first time we've been able to say it on the show in what feels like forever.
1: And they were um, even talking about it in the postgame show on NBC Sports Chicago yesterday.
0: I saw that. That was interesting. Interesting that the uh, the set, the tone is starting to be dropped again all over the place. Uh, Saturday's win, Steve, 5-1 victory. Uh, man, offense found ways to get it done. Lucas Giolito comes out there. He gives you six innings. Uh, it wasn't as dominant of a performance that we've seen from him all year, but still able to get the job done. Lowers his ERA to a 3.62. Um, only walked one hitter. Uh, the Sox only walked two in the entire ball game. That's sort of a recipe for success that we talk about here um, all the time. And, you know, then you go to Crochet. I want to talk a little bit about Crochet because I didn't think he looked as effective as his first outing, uh, which he, I think, got through on Thursday in, uh, what, just uh, seven pitches. He only makes it through a third of an inning here in relief at Giolito. That was the only really... Shaky part of this ball game right now. The Lopez comes in and gets it done for him. But, uh, any thoughts on the return of Garrett Crochet thus far and how
1: he looked on Saturday? You know, look, second appearance coming off of the injury list after missing all of last season. Um, you're gonna have some ups and downs with this here. I mean, that's part of the volatility of a major league relief pitcher, especially a guy that hasn't been out there on the mound with consistency for you know, what are we going on here now, you know, 14, 15 months. So to expect him to come out there and just be lights out, efficient, every single outing isn't realistic, um, but he was able to go out there and and just kind of get some more innings and, and get some more pitches under his belt a little bit here, kind of get himself reacclimated to being out there on that major league mound. So um, it's just kind of part of that process of getting back into a consistent flow and a consistent rhythm.
0: Yeah and uh it's it's going to be interesting to see if he works himself into, you know, high leverage roles here uh, as the bullpen sort of takes shape. Speaking of taking shape, uh the shape of Joe Kelly's 99 mile an hour sinker is just disgusting. Um he comes into this ball game in the 8th inning and uh wow. That was as dominant of a relief performance that you're going to see from a White Sox reliever uh probably all season. Uh I was just impressed watching him on the mound as much as I was with Michael Kopeck, although it was only
1: one inning instead of eight. Yeah, I mean Joe Kelly over the last uh three three, four weeks here has been as dominant as any reliever in all of baseball. Um watching the combination of both velocity and movement that he is getting on his pitches right now, I mean, it it just seems like uh Codify, you know, is and, and pitching ninja every single day that he takes the mound is going out there tweeting images of, of some of the pitches and just the disgusting unnatural movement that you are seeing from him coming at that high velocity. Uh, that's the type of guy that is you know gonna go out there and really makes you feel comfortable right now <laughs> um, you know who would have thought a year ago given the struggles that he had that we would feel comfortable with him? at this particular spot. And he's the guy that I think right now has emerged as that ninth inning guy in the absence of Liam Hendricks right now. Um, So things have kind of sorted themselves out that way here. And hopefully this team next week, as they go out on the road to uh, the mistake by the lake, and then uh, the nation's armpit up in Detroit, um, hopefully they can give him some opportunities to record outs 25, six and seven, you know, four or five times this week.
0: Absolutely, and again, no word yet on Liam Hendricks' return, but uh, you saw Joe Kelly used in the eighth yesterday. You see him used again uh, today, I believe, in the ninth. But yesterday was interesting, and I think a lot of people have have clamored for this from the White Sox organization. It was the batters he faced, the heart of the order in the eighth inning, uh, very high leverage spot, uh, sets down the middle of that order and uh, did it with just. Absolutely disgusting stuff, as we just talked about. But Kendall Graveman comes in uh, and has a clean inning of his own to shut that ball game down. Uh, Another win uh, there on Saturday. Uh, I want to get to today's ball game. But before we do that, there is a guy in this order. Actually, there's two guys in that order who didn't register a hit that probably should have registered some hits. And that's Andrew Vaughn who you wrote about over at ONTAPSportsNet.com. If you haven't read that article, you probably should. I'll let you expand on that. And then uh, Tim Anderson dropping those uh, batting average (laughs) points lower and lower. And with it, you know, his OPS and slug continues to go down. He was an 0 for 4 yesterday at the top of the order, finds himself uh, needing a day off. Today, uh, Pedro Graffal said it was uh, to recover physically, um, from playing so many days in a row. I don't know if I exactly buy that bullshit. Um, he was on the pine to start today's ball game. Steve, these two guys, we've been taking them to task for a little bit of time now. Uh, I'll, I'll let you expand on just neither of them were in the lineup today. So uh, I know Timmy got some late action, but uh, I think it's time to talk about one of our favorite subjects here. What are you doing here for me now, Andrew Vaughn and Tim Anderson?
1: All right. So listen, we all know that Tim Anderson, for a long time, was one of the guys that you could say was the heartbeat of this team, you know, from that period, 2019, through maybe the first couple of months of of last season. We would all see the graphics, what the team's record was when he was in the lineup, what what the record was when he would get a hit, when he would score a run, et cetera. And when he would produce and when he would be a factor offensively, it usually led to good things for this team. We are not seeing those things anymore. Tim Anderson has an OPS below 600 right now. He has a slug below 300. That is not going to get it done. Period. Paragraph end of discussion the defenders of him that are out there um just you know trying to say that everything is fine it's not you know you all the talk that you can't possibly go and move him out of the leadoff spot because he that's where he's been for a couple of years bullshit If you have any aspirations, if you have any inkling or belief that you can somehow get yourself back over 500 and be in a position to be competitive here in 2023, Tim Anderson has to be one of the catalysts for this offense, and he has to be getting things done, and he's not right now, and some people are starting to take him to task for that. And others are basically saying that he deserves immunity from that. And he simply doesn't. He needs to be better. He's been dog shit, for lack of a better term. If Tim Anderson starts to play better, this team will be in a much better position. So that's all I've got to say on him. Andrew Vaughn. You've been been waiting waiting. for this one. It's not that I've been waiting for this one. Um, I, I don't like having to do this, you know. Um, the mental gymnastics that are being performed by a lot of people within this fan base to justify his performance. It doesn't make sense to me any longer. I wrote about this yesterday. If you've read the piece, you know where I'm going with this. He's got over 1,220 career plate appearances in the major leagues. He's got a 414 slugging. He's got a 104 WRC plus he is the absolute definition of average. He's got zero WAR for his career. Simply put, the excuse making, you know, people saying, oh, well, you know, if you put him at first base and if he's got dirt under his feet, magically he's going to start gnashing. I tried to caution people about that over the winter. What's happening right now? He's not slugging. You need to slug Wrote, this is one of the things I talked about in a piece I did in the offseason here. If you are a right-right, offense-only first baseman, because he provides you no value on the bases. We've seen it. He provides you no value defensively. You have to destroy the baseball. Your slugging percentage has to start with a five. Period. End of discussion. It can't be where it's at right now. It can't be a career four fourteen slug in 1,200 plate appearances, okay? The excuse-making and the coddling of him because he was a number three overall pick, because he was the last high pick of the rebuild, it has to stop, okay? Once Eloy gets back, and I saw some of this on on twatter.com yesterday, again, the mental gymnastics people are doing, trying to say that Jake Berger should be moving to second base to accommodate getting Andrew Vaughn at bats, no. No, that's not how this shit works anymore. Jake Michael Berger is hitting the shit out of the baseball. He is providing you power. Gavin Sheets is out slugging Andrew Vaughn. Okay? You're not making excuses or you're you're not coming up with ways to build this lineup around Andrew Vaughn at this point here. I'm sorry. We're just this is absurd to me at this point. It's
0: it's definitely uh uh hotly contested topic out there, Stephen, And I find myself on, on your side of this argument uh purely for the fact that uh, a, if this was, you know, 2019, 2018, and we were still sitting here. Yeah. You you've got a little bit of time. It, it sort of reminds me of the Adam Engel discussions, right? Like, Oh, just give him another year. We need more. We need to see more of him. And it, it's, it's, Broken player development is what it goes back to. Um, I know Vaughn was rushed. I know you can talk and point to um, the COVID season. I know you can go back and point to all of this. When you are trying to simply put together the best lineup for this team, once Eloy comes back, I don't see a spot for Vaughn unless things change drastically here in short order. Uh, We all know that the AV club is, you know, cool and tough and – you know, we've got graphics and memes for the guy when he leaves the yard and, and everybody likes to see him hit home runs. But f- fact of the matter is, Jake Berger's knocking the cover off the ball. The guy came back. He lost a ton of development time due to injuries, due to the COVID season. I know he's got, I think, a year or two on Vaughn, but holy moly, man. You're It's two different baseball players. One deserves to be potentially an all-star this season. And the other one is, as you said, average. So that's that's uh, not
1: the site that we want to see right now with Andrew Vaughn. One is getting plate appearances based off of merit right now. The other is getting plate appearances based off of pedigree. That's the difference between the two right now. Clint Frazier was a first-round pick. <laughs> You know, I was I was joking about this. Um, if in twenty seventeen, if you would have said that there was going to be a team out there that was going to have Andrew Vaughn, Jake Berger, Clint Frazier, Lucas Giolito, Ronaldo Lopez, Dylan Cease, Aloy Jimenez, Joan Mancada, all these guys that were top hundred prospects, surely a team that had all of these guys on the same roster. Would be a competitive first place team, right? Oh, right? absolutely. Right? You would think. You would think. <laughs> but here we are. Boy. Well, let's get
0: back to the happy win talk. Sox win another ball game today, five to two. Uh this was uh this was Lance Lynn Day, Steve. I know that uh you were uh firmly planted in the uh he might be cooked camp. I, I don't know if you officially declared him cooked, but our guy sale wants to know. Is Lance Lynn back?
1: People are asking. Well, Sal, let me talk to you. Um, I want to see more again. It's the Kansas city Royals. There are some, there were some encouraging things today, but again, he's still having problems with the home run ball here. Um, I want to see him go out there and yeah, he had the solid outing earlier on in the week against um, Cleveland, but I want to see that happen against a better lineup. Now he's going to go and he's going to get his next start against the Detroit Tigers, another piss poor team. So we're going to have to wait until the calendar flips to the month of June to really see what kind of improvement Lancelin is making. And are these changes and are these improvements, things that are really going to stick because when that calendar flips, um, the level of competition is going to rise dramatically. So we will see whether Lance Lynn is hashtag redacted or not.
0: Got it. That there's your answer, Sal. That's uh, from the mouth of N.W.I. Steve Lynn does go six innings today, gives up two earned. Uh, those came via a sole or a, a, just one single home run uh, that was hit, I believe, in the hashtag local inning. product. Local product once again. Um, man strikes out six today. His ERA is still a gouty six point two eight. That's not what we would. I don't know that that sort of doesn't feel like back to me yet. Uh, but it was an effective start. I think, you know, we, we're getting through six innings with these starters and that's really been helping. I think our bullpen sort of shorten these things up a little bit. Um, the Sox offense today was able to get the job done. Steve, we we have uh, another uh, R-Roll request courtesy of Luis Robert Jr. uh, going yard here today. Um, And then uh, I think, you know, before we get to the R-Roll time, uh, we got to talk about Romy Gonzalez having himself a day. If we want to talk about somebody who might be back, I think Romy Gonzalez might be back. and, And he might have to be. He might have to be at
1: this juncture. You know, it's uh it was certainly refreshing to see a guy at the shortstop position be able to get an extra base hit. Oof. That's new. That's new. And I wonder where that shade is being directed towards. Man, I'm sure people are gonna be hashtag mad online when they hear that one. But uh no, listen, Romy's been a guy that he's been under some fire for his various stints up on the big league club this year because he has not produced. So to see him have himself a ne- nice day, put together three hits, including a uh, big, what was it, a two-run triple? Um, you know, that's that—that's what you got to do when you're given those opportunities. You've got to be able to do that. And then especially now with Hanser Alberto. Um, Can, we with- <laughs> <floor is> <laughs> Can we talk about that? The floor is yours.
0: Can we talk about that? I've never seen anything like this in my baseball watching career, Um, he was hustling down the line. I I give him that. But um, if you missed the play, Hanser Alberto injured his arm by calling himself safe at first base. And I don't know if I've ever seen a more that's so White Sox injury than a White Sox player calling themselves safe and I don't know if he dislocated his shoulder or he hurt his elbow or anything, but he went down after he passed the bag and called himself safe. He looked to be in immense pain. Um, yeah, it was wild. It's just something that you have to think about here, Steve. If if you had an injury like or seen an injury doing something as remedial as what happened there.
1: Have I personally no? Um, but I do recall at one point um, in his career when he was playing with that uh, that other team in, in the city of Chicago, Mike Remlinger, uh, former left-handed reliever, went on the at then the disabled list with a strained oblique that he claims happened while sneezing. Hmm.
0: Yeah. I, I still think calling yourself safe at first base and injuring your arm in the process sort of takes the case. Um, I, I don't, man. Roby and, I, mean, I, mean, we've seen, I
1: mean, we've seen guys in, in football. Um, who, who was that one kicker on, on Tampa Bay the one time that uh, tore his ACL hopping around after he made a field goal or an extra point or something? So, I mean, we've seen uh, – and that's maybe the only other thing I can think of that's on par with that. I mean, the celebration injuries
0: are are one thing. First off, I'm pretty sure Alberto was out, wasn't he? Yeah. Was he out on that play? Yeah, yeah, and he called himself safe and then – to add insult to injury, Um, he got injured and uh was also out. Actually,
1: so, in that circumstance, want to be adding injury to insult. Yeah,
0: that's what I'm. I was trying. As I said that, I had to, you know, sort of think back there. It's it's the opposite way around there. <laughs> I'm just, I was appalled when I saw it. Uh That said, you know, where's Larry Garcia? Is he around? He a free agent?
1: Um. No hablo (laughs) español.
0: I don't know where you go from here. I'm I'm assuming we'll see Lenin Sosa
1: back. I mean, maybe or is is Yolbert Sanchez is he on the 40-man roster? I thought he was. He might be. Maybe maybe this is his shot. I think I think I saw him like hit a bomb
0: yesterday. Uh, in Charlotte, so we'll we'll see what the White Sox do with this one. But uh, yeah, great,
1: great use of two and a half million dollars worth of uh, international signing pool money there. Yeah.
0: well, yeah. they'll have to figure something out. Uh, but that said, the White Sox offense was able to get the job done today, Steve, um, and and the pitching staff as well. The bullpen once again uh, just locks this ball game down, and and that's the first sweep of the season, man. That's the first sweep of the season. Feels good to say that. Feels really good to say that.
1: It does. It's it's nice. It's you know irritating that it took until May twenty first for that to happen. But um at this point, you know, like you talked about earlier, you have to TCB, you have to take care of business. And uh they they did that this weekend, so that's that's a positive. Let's get on that plane now, head to the mistake by the lake, and kick them sons of bitches in the nuts while they're down. Do they have Jose Ramirez back? I assume he'll be back. Um, you know, I, I'm not sure. I mean, I can always take a look at the box score here because they got a doubleheader in New York against the uh, Mets today, so I can always look to see if he did take part in the uh, first game here. I'm not uh, not entirely sure. Which you know, I Cleveland do see
0: did. him. I do see him here uh, okay. hitting third in the uh, the nightcap against Verlander. So, okay. well, um, yep, he'll he'll, exactly he'll be back. Uh yeah, um, no, he's, he's been back. a nailer yet, I guess. I don't know if he was oh no, he uh he was back was as well. Like he's he's back as well. So it's gonna be a different Cleveland team that you're facing next week. Um, well, not even next week, uh, just tomorrow. Uh wh- what do you got for this series here, Steve?
1: Well, you know, you got a three-game set. Uh the, the thing that's gonna be interesting now is knowing that um Mike Clevenger has hit the injured list. Uh, So now the Sox are going to have to kind of scramble a little bit on the pitching front to figure out what uh, they're going to do here. They have TBD announced for tomorrow's game. So I would assume, you know, they they did tell us there was going to be a corresponding roster move tomorrow here. Um, I would assume maybe it's like Jesse Schulten's uh, coming up. So I would think you would
0: word on the street.
1: Yeah, so I would think you would get like some combination of like him, um, maybe uh, James Lambert, and uh, maybe multiple innings out of Garrett Crochet to try to just piece things together here tomorrow. Um, So, you know, hopefully they can uh, ride, you know, weather the storm a little bit with that performance. And then you got Dylan Cease scheduled to go on Tuesday. This is where you got to. Again, continue the positive momentum from his last couple of starts here. And you have to pick up the slack here because you know that the bullpen is going to be taxed tomorrow here. Um haven't had an off day since Monday. You don't have another off day again until June first. So you gotta go out there, Dylan. You gotta be efficient with your pitch offerings. You got to be in the strike zone here, and you have to find a way to cover 18 outs. You know, giving less than that on Tuesday, knowing what is coming tomorrow is Flat out unacceptable.
0: Yes, uh, and that's that's going to be a, a real sort of test for this White Sox starting rotation depth when we backtrack it here to uh, Mike Clevenger uh, hitting the IL with the, uh, I believe it was, wrist inflammation. Um, Steve, I, I don't know uh, what that's going to lead to um obviously there hasn't been any word on whether or not it's just going to be the 15 days or if this is going to linger on a little bit longer i I think the socks are in a decent position because of the length they've got out of their starting rotation uh over the last series and i believe a half here now so we've got some pretty well rested guys for this stretch of baseball that uh, does not have an off day i think you said before we had hopped on here until the first but you know, if it is Schultens and we've got to sort of piecemeal some things together, can you see this team making a move to shore up the rotation, even if it's signing somebody off the scrap heap just to
1: eat innings for you? I mean, I don't even know who that would be at this point. Leave um, Madison garners out there. Okay. Um, in other news, I think it's just, you know, best to hope that uh, Jesse Schultons can uh, come out there. And, you know, listen, if you can get 12 outs out of him tomorrow. I think that would be probably the ideal situation and what what you're looking for from him and then just kind of piece it together, those final 15 outs from there. Um, So however you got to do it, like I said, I mean, they were stretching out Garrett Crochet to be able to cover multiple innings while he was down in the minor leagues rehabbing uh, before coming back this past week. So hopefully he's in a position to be able to cover multiple innings right there because that would certainly help Um, bridge the gap a little bit there towards the back end of the bullpen.
0: I'm just a little nervous with this one tomorrow. When we talk about setting the tone for the series and uh, getting yourself into, you know, long bullpen days, it doesn't bode well for the White Sox in this situation. I don't, don't like it. Not one bit. That's just my initial read on it.
1: I don't blame you. It's not the ideal situation and what you want going into this particular series. Um, I think especially knowing that you've got a little bit of momentum coming off of this first sweep here, coming off of a five-in-one week, you want to be able to continue to build upon that. And then to now have this hit, um, it does put a little bit of a sour taste in your mouth. Just
0: Just a tiny bit of a sour taste. Steve, hopefully the Sox are able to, uh, you know, rely on some of the offensive side of the game to carry them through tomorrow. And maybe, you never know, it's baseball. It's a weird sport. Might get, uh, might have some magic happen. And the the Sox are able to uh, play some solid defense and and get through this and cover the outs they need. I just don't want to see this spiral out of control and, uh, be one of those same games that we talk about, you know, earlier in April, where things just look completely ugly. I want to, I want to continue this winning streak, and I, I'd like to uh, be talking about three more wins against uh, Cleveland throughout the next few days here, Steve. So uh, that said, who's going to need to get it done on the offensive side of the game so that the White Sox wind up victorious and we can be drinking victory beers on this show tomorrow?
1: Yeah, you know a guy that I'm looking for uh to have some success tomorrow. A guy that has historically hit the ball pretty well in the mistake by the link and that is uh third baseman Yoan Moncada. So, I think that um he's going to go out there and you know, I think he's going to find the launch codes tomorrow. I feel I,
0: like is this a, an early pick to click? It is. It, okay? It's
1: it's not a prediction, it's a spoiler.
0: Ooh. I like that. I like that. Yes, he has done some damage to baseballs in that ballpark, Steve. So I, I like that one. Uh, I'd like to see Gavin Sheets continue doing what he's been doing and launching home runs. Um, I think he just missed one earlier today um, that could have gone out. The ball was flying out to right today, Steve. I thought he was going to be able to find the launch codes. I believe he was your pick to click for today's ball game. It was that close. Just – Didn't get enough of it, so uh, hopefully he continues to put together good at bats. I'm going to go with uh, my my boy Gavin Sheets tomorrow. Uh, Maybe we'll see some uh, balls flying out into the right field stands out there in Cleveland, and uh, that we're going to more home runs, more home runs, ball go far, team go far type stuff for the White Sox tomorrow, and maybe that'll
1: be enough to get him through it. I like dingers. I like when this team hits the ball over that fencing that they set prior to the game. It usually helps their cause and it makes me all warm and fuzzy inside. I
0: I know. And I like it when they do it at home too, Steve and the the fireworks go off. It just brings me joy and happiness. Steve, that said uh, we've got uh, a a full slate of these games coming up here. Tomorrow looks a little ugly. You got a series prediction.
1: I do have a series prediction. Just because I'm scarred from things that happen in that ballpark, I think the positive vibes are going to end. And they're going to drop two out of three.
0: <laughs> Oof, I don't like hearing that, but uh, that's that's par for the course from you. I say we get two of three. I say we get two of three there. So it's just a one-game swing, but um, I say we take the back two of this series. Um, and and I believe that would be the third consecutive series win, or would that be the fourth?
1: That would be the third consecutive third. yeah. They yeah, they had yeah. that um slip up that week in Kansas City and at home against Houston. Yes. So with three series wins in a row. Let's let's do that.
0: Let's look for that. Steve, any final thoughts here on Sunday fun day?
1: Final thoughts. You had nine game homestand, longest homestand of the season. You went six and three. During it, um, I think had you told everybody that before the season or, or coming into that homestand, people would feel pretty good about it. Uh, the team is sitting 19 and 29 right now. What's really frustrating and really irritating is that if you look at that 10 game losing streak, if they would have just gone five and five, they'd be at 500 right now, and the mood around this team, within the fan base and everything, would be a lot different. Um, They would be in a much more favorable position. They've dug themselves a hole. They played decent baseball here this week. Still a number of things that they need to clean up. Would love to see them continue that positive momentum and just beat the living piss out of Cleveland and Detroit next week.
0: That's right. On to Detroit right after that. I I really want to get to that fourth series win. I know I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself here. But, uh, you know, my my final thoughts on this are, you know, continue to beat up on your division. It's the best thing that we can do at this point. So, um, yeah, just take two out of three here. That's what I'm looking for. And I think you you put it really well when you said that uh, had they just split that 10-game losing streak. This would be a, a different story. Still a lot of work to do. Still a lot of work to do for the White Sox. Steve, thanks for hopping on here on Sunday, fun day, talking White Sox baseball. Be sure you're following the show. Socks on tap, twitter.com slash socks on tap. Follow Steve at NWI underscore Steve. Myself at Tony on tap. Head to the YouTube, youtube.com slash on tap Subscribe to the show. Hop in the comments. Thank you to all of you who have done that. Um, I don't really have anything else, Steve. So we're going to close this down how we always do. White Sox forever.
1: White Sox for life.